TG Geeks, episode 172, June 4th, 2018. Corn dogs and mustard and the kids from Corellia. Oh my. Welcome to another webcast from TGGeeks.com, where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery, sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Keith Lane. We're coming to you from TG Squared Studios in lovely, I can't think of anything witty, Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm Ben Raginton, also coming to you from It's Hot as All Blazes, allergy-ridden Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. I I uh, expended all of my wit on this. <laughs> Just on the stinger? <laughs> on the stinger and on this, yeah, this interview coming up. <laughs> I got nothing left. <laughs> I got nothing left. So we're going <laughs> to we have a little interview for you here, and we're going to talk about that right now. So here we go. This week on the show, we have a real treat for you. We've got... Tommy Cannon, who is the creator of Fred the Mustard Packet. And before you start screaming and waving your arms and running down the hall, we'll talk about what Fred the Mustard Packet is. And he's also an improv comedian. So welcome to the show, Tommy. Hello. Thanks for having me on your wonderful show. This is awesome. Oh, oh God. Cool. It's about time we had you on. I mean, yeah, with exactly. all the feedback that you've left us. Well, we've only been talking <laughs> to you for two or three years, has it? <laughs> Yeah. Something like that. I mean, you've, yeah. you've been yeah, kind of... met us at uh, Jack Kirby birthday. Yeah. That's right. So um, we are here to talk about Fred the Mustard Packet. But before we do that, tell us who Tommy Cannon is for our listeners that don't know uh, who you are. And then you can kind of segue into Fred the Mustard Packet and how what the heck that is and how that came about. Well, I am a Phoenix-based cartoonist. I'm also uh, an improv comedian, as you've said, with the uh, mostly improv mania and the torch theater. I I also do some puppetry uh, as well with the Great Arizona Puppet Theater's Puppet Slams and uh, other odds and ends. I, I pretty much make up funny stuff and <laughs> I do funny stuff. You're just a funny guy, huh? Yeah, yeah, and and funny is real subjective. So it's like whatever I think is funny is what I'll do. There so. you go. I, I understand. I completely and, and, understand that. <laughs> Sought everybody else. Yeah, what I find funny sometimes people look at me and say, "I think I'm going to walk the other, other way. way." Yeah, yeah. I've caused many people to cross the street in the middle of the sidewalk. Yes, exactly. Sure. Oh my God, there's that guy. <laughs> Yeah, because I, to be honest, some of Fred's stuff is is a little out there, you know. Yeah, but I love it. <laughs> what's what's it called edgy or yeah. just weird? Just uh, both. <laughs> well, yeah, he's he, it's it's a story about a sentient mustard packet. So, I mean, <laughs> a, any kind of normal just gets thrown out the window and it dies on the street. It just uh. It's pure absurdist comedy, really. Yeah, it really is. I I appreciate it, and and it just fits right in my with 
my wheelhouse of weirdness. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad our wheelhouses connect to make a not just a wheelhouse, but a Venn diagram of I was weird. Say that's that, good. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 a Venn wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so what what on earth made you decide yeah. to? Draw a sentient mustard packet. Yeah, I mean, what was I mean, the genesis of some, that idea? Some of this is, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, there's another Phoenix cartoonist uh, whose name is Brandon Higgins. Brandon Higgins, he draws like all kinds of stuff. He he's got talking food as well. He's got like a vampire corn dog or something like that. Oh dear. <laughs> and at the time. Uh, he was very prolific and, and just getting work done. And I was just really impressed with that. So I just thought, well, I'll do something people haven't seen before and I'll make it kind of simple enough for me to draw so I could do a lot of it. And that's kind of how Fred was born. And then Fred just kind of grew a, a, a bunch of friends, a, a family. He, um, he he's me essentially. He's like way more confident than he should be. So you know, <laughs> so it's your that, alter that's ego. Fred in a nutshell, or should I say that's Fred in a plastic packet? Yeah. So so Fred's like an, an alter ego for you. Yeah, in, in a way, he turned into that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and it it, it appears to take place. In North Phoenix, somewhere around what is it, Bell Road and Seventh oh Street? Oh my God, or there's actually like a location. He, yeah, it takes place near like Bell Road and a little east of the I-17. It does have a location, yes. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I I knew that the you you kind of allude to things in that area or that area, and I thought, well, where in the heck is this? Yeah, where so, is Clem's Corn Dog Castle or whatever? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So are you trying to make uh, it? Are you trying corn to make, dog corner. Corn yeah, dog I'm corner. Sorry. There you go. Are you trying to make it like socially topical as well? No, no. If if that happens, it's by it's by chance. It's yeah, by you're, you're not Russ. Huh? Yeah. So yeah, um, anything topical or socially conscious just happens through subconscious. Yeah. So, um, I'm in it kind of for the lunacy. Uh, I guess like most absurdists, I just look at the real world and I see that it's crazy and I'm kind of showing the real world how crazy I see it. Right. And then when people say your comic's crazy and I'm like, yeah, 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 that's yeah. the world. And, and your, your point is, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And? Yeah. and what else is it supposed to be? It's a comic about a mustard packet. <laughs> exactly. It's For all in sake. the title. It's called Fred the Mustard Packet. Exactly. I don't even use a name that's commonly used in this day and age. It's Fred. <laughs> yeah. So Fred was in the Desilu show. He was. He was. Well, yeah. there was a Fred in Big Hero 6, but that's beside the point. Oh, that's right. That's beside the point. Yeah. Um, Clem and the Corndog Corner, that... And how how was it? I can't remember. It's been I've been reading Fred since. <laughs> I I, I, I hear Clem in the corn dog corner, and I start to hear a banjo playing in the back of my well, head. Well, <laughs> you should. A banjo does feature in in Fred the mustard packet somewhere on, down the road. <laughs> on the web comic, yes, there is a ketchup packet that plays a banjo. So <laughs> yes. you should hear that because Kev the ketchup packet's playing it. 
Yeah, Kevin the Ketchup Packet. <laughs> oh my! That, yes, you remembered his name. <laughs> yes. Wow. Thank and, you. <laughs> and and is is Harriet the Honey Packet? Yes. Yep. Harriet is modeled after my lovely wife. Um, Fred loves her because she's sweet. Uh, so. Of course. <laughs> that's why. That's why she's honey, and they're the perfect combo. They're honey mustard. So. Hey. Oh, but I'm bum. They're in love. Yep, exactly. There we Thank go. Thank you. Thank you. Tip yeah, you'll be here down. all week. Make sure to tip your waiter. Yeah. Yep. Screwdriver special. <laughs> exactly. We don't want this, though. No. No crickets. Right. No, crickets. no. 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 That just brings in the spiders. That brings exactly. in the boredom. So how you, you just kind of come up with this fred stuff and i obviously you have um a notebook of of ideas and how far ahead are you on your webtoons because you're releasing what twice or you were doing twice a week or three times a week yeah i'm doing twice a week now I was doing three times a week before yeah just whatever um free piece of paper i have um i just kind of sketch down the the next ideas that are coming forward and then I just realize them into uh, the full Webtoons pages once they're ready. And then, yeah, I can upload them to Webtoons and then just click publish when the day comes that it's time for me to release another page. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I can I can work ahead. Cool. And I, I know that you uh, you try to do kind of arky stuff, a little arc here of this and that and the other. Yeah. As of the past uh, few years, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Uh, he started as a gag a week. He's probably going to return to a gag a week, but um, while I've got these stories for him, I'm I'm going to tell him. Yeah, why not? I I know that you you really are into artwork. That I mean, you do that for a living, obviously, as a, a teacher. And but your what what is it that you're focused? Uh, as, what do you teach? What is your actual all day, every oh, day thing that you do. I have uh, just wrapped up six years of teaching K to six art classes, visual art classes. And I'm about to start the next year doing sixth grade writing classes. So wow. I spent six years teaching kids to draw the comics. Now I'll spend the next six years teaching kids to write the comics. Okay. So the kids that you started out in the first grade six years ago, you can teach them how to write now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> that, that's kind of neat. You're just yeah. you're really uh that's a that's a really noble profession, shall we say. Oh, thank <laughs> like being you. a writer? Well, just being being a, well, teacher, being a teacher and being a, an an art. I mean, art is very important and I know that you spend time with uh, is it your niece and nephew or nieces or or what? Oh, yeah, I've got I have six nieces. Yes. Wow. <laughs> six. Yeah, my wife and I, we've got six nieces. <laughs> wow. And my sister has a a nephew or a niece on the way, so we'll have seven. Oh, cool. So I know <laughs> I know that you do you're always doing something kind of arty and artsy and we won't say the other word so <laughs> that goes, oh, yeah, yeah. That goes yeah, with artsy yeah. the tootsie yeah, we're, we're, word we're from that one <laughs> yeah. artsy tootsie yeah. yeah there you go <laughs> so what 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 is uh what are we here to talk about because well you've got your web tune with fred yeah. the mustard packet and he's 
and he has a Kickstarter campaign. (laughs) Yay! Ah. (laughs) There we go. And so this Uh, is a a completely different story, it looks like. Uh, you you shared a couple of things with me, and it looks really really cool. I'm I'm excited. Oh, thank you. It's, yeah, I'm excited too. It's going to be fifty pages. Is that? Is it, did I? It's a hundred right? pages. A hundred. A hundred. Yeah. So okay. It's Fred details. the Mustard Packet does the Scottish play. Right. Oh, okay. So uh, I I just I I saw that and I just divided by two because I was thinking I was thinking number of pieces of paper i guess is what i was oh thinking. okay <laughs> but i didn't you know, i didn't on take... one of those things they do four per page because they fold it in half so right 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 that's 25 pages yeah it'd be 25 pages. <laughs> okay <laughs> so um what tell us about uh your kickstarter and where you are and uh, as of this recording and tomorrow morning you still have a couple of weeks left to I reach do. your goal well, um, we're a little bit past the halfway mark, both in funding and in time. So it's like we're running at pace with time, it seems like. like to get ahead of time, wouldn't we all? Yes. Um, yes. And so that's exciting. The Kickstarter, I thought it would take three to five business days to launch. Um, it took three minutes to launch. So oh, that was – I was – out of the gate sooner than I thought, but hey, that's cool. Yeah. That's improv right okay. there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it is a response. Uh, first of all, it's this, it's a comic book I wish I had when I was 16 years old and in theater class uh, in high school. Absurdist, uh, goofy about theater, and with some sci-fi and horror elements thrown in for fun. And yeah, it, it's just nuts. He's just trying to do a one person production of the Scottish play from Shakespeare. And this is because my wife and I, we uh, were in the East coast. My, my extended family lives in New Jersey and we had a day in New York city. We crossed the river to New York city and I love theater. She loves theater. I was going to take her to her first Broadway show. And we did go to a Broadway show. It was a one person play of, the Scottish play. Hmm. I'm, I'm saying that just in case someone's superstitious hmm. out in cyber world. Uh-huh. It was a one person presentation of that by Alan Cumming. Oh. Right. Okay. That one. Yeah. Oh. We were promised a tour de force and I don't know, maybe he was hitting the quaaludes that day, but he gave a muddy murky performance. Uh, my wife fell asleep a couple times, had to hold her hand and pick it up and drop it a few times. Then. Yeah. Make her not snore during the show. (laughs) And um, we were just really disappointed. And we're like, oh, man, we should have saw Kinky Boots instead. Yeah, there you go. So you you were expecting a tour de force and you got a tour de farce, huh? Yep. Tour (laughs) de farce. Tour de snores. Yeah, tour de (laughs) snores. More like it. (laughs) Wow. That motivated me to make this comic book. And so now I'm sure there's a lot of weird drama kids out there who would have also enjoyed this comic book. So this was made on just the blog before the webtoons. So I thought, let's bring it to a uh, book form. Cool. And that uh, you are covering your costs, obviously, and hopefully uh-huh. making just a, a little bit more than covering your costs for your effort. 
But, uh, you know, we were talking to somebody yesterday and said that uh, their podcast was profitable. And I said, well, you know, profitable means one penny more than covering your costs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So uh, hopefully you have enough to cover your costs there and all of the things that you've got. uh, All any overhead that you might have. Exactly. Yeah. I used to work for the puppetry store. Like people would order their books about how to build a marionette or something. Right. And I would have to ship it, ship it and all that stuff. So I, I know the cost of all that. And uh, so that I, I planned it accordingly. And if you do choose to be a backer on this condimented project, <laughs> um, <laughs> I do have the shipping built into the backing levels so there's no shipping cost behind any oh, cyber corners that you turn in there or anything what you see is what you get mm. it's up front oh, cool that is really cool i i know that uh, we've supported the the kickstarter because i i'm yes. i'm interested kickstarter. i want i want to have one in hand you know yeah it's, thank you it's kind of neat to see fred on the on the intertubes but it would be kind of nice to have fred in my hand as long yeah. as it doesn't get all over my hands, you know. Yeah, it's oh, only if you squeeze don't squish it too, too much. Oh dear, <laughs> we're going to start taking this in rather inappropriate directions now, are we? <laughs> no, no, no. He's a packet. He's a packet. You don't want to squish him too hard. Yeah, <laughs> spew his yes guts all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Alas, poor Fred. I knew it well. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I'm a little more Shakespeare. More Shakespeare. There we go. You should try Hamlet next time. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So I, I'm looking at uh, some of the the Fred strips on Webtoons. Um, well, for starters, how regularly have you been publishing these strips? Um, I can't remember when I started on Webtoons, but I know that I started Fred in 2010. Wow. May of 2010, so he's eight years old. Wow, that's a long time to be drawn. A mustard packet. <laughs> uh, but that, you know, the endurance of that says that you have more ideas, and, you know, obviously you wouldn't do it if people didn't like it. Or, oh, you know, yeah. Or you didn't like it. Let's, anyway. yeah, if, you did, if you weren't enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, I have a – I know I have people reading it in other countries. It's It's unusual. To Isn't have it weird? so localized that it's yeah. near I-17 and Bell Road, but then to have like people email me that live in Germany telling mm-hmm. me, oh, Fred should do Peter Pan. <laughs> I know. What? Okay. <laughs> we have, I'm not going to do that, but thanks for writing. Yeah, <laughs> you, can start, you can start introducing like German mustards, you know. There we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Grey Poupon. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my oh, God. There's a good one a, for you. He does have a Grey Poupon cousin. Yeah. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's, you, you, yeah, you start introducing, you know, other condiments from outside, you know, from Europe. And, you know, then that, that could really open just um, – uh, well, I don't want to say a whole can of worms, but wow, the the possibilities then sort of become endless. <laughs> yeah, you could have Leon the Lingonberry. Oh, oh my gosh, what? that's a good one. <laughs> oh, you're going to have your lawyer sue me for taking that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't know that one. <laughs> I, had a, I had a contest once, and I, uh, someone in Mexico uh, had me uh, do one of a chimichurri bottle, so... So we have gone international, yes. Yeah, well, we have, we're have we kind of international, too. We have 
a regular listener that's been with us since way back in the slice of sci-fi days. So Norway. In, in, well, Norway and then Ireland. Oh, and, Claire. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's kind of neat. It, 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 now, how did, how did that make you feel when you, because uh, from your perspective, because Keith and I were talking about this when it, when it came to our own podcast, but you know, here you are, you're creating this, you're, you're doing this piece of work, you're doing it, you know, you're, I, I guess for lack of a better term, you're sort of isolated. As yeah. you do it, you're, you're very uh, and and insulated at the same time as you work on this, and then all of a sudden you start finding out that it's now having international appeal. I mean, what does yeah. that do to you? I mean, it, it's just a great compliment that um, people just across the ocean are are looking for comedy, and they're looking for comedy in stuff that I made up. And that's just very humbling. It's just very cool. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, and to think that it, humor, you know, across you know across uh, boundaries, it kind of changes. I mean, even within the, the the U.S., I mean, some humor that we might funny here in the Southwest, you know, may not be considered funny in the Midwest. So now, and and to realize that you're writing something that has got some kind of international appeal, you know, what? Yeah. That, that's just really got to stoke your fire. It, it it does it does and I I also realize that they're probably you know uh, laughing at different aspects of it of look at this stupid American making this thing but, <laughs> yeah. oh don't think of it that you, way you never know <laughs> but uh, but but yeah it's 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 uh, it, it's wonderful I, I I love it and uh, I I love hearing um just once in a blue moon just when I'm putting up flyers in downtown Phoenix or something I hear somebody go oh you know. I love this strip. You know, I go really. You know about it. I just, I, I'm always blown away that someone one likes it or two they even have heard of it. So right, like, exactly. Really cool. We hear that a lot. It's just, oh yeah, you, we've heard of you guys. You, you what? Have? You've actually, I mean, I know. You've actually listened to us. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it's weird, isn't it? it it's yeah. a very, very, very odd feeling. It's surreal. Yeah. So yeah. again, going back to these strips that that you have here, like on on webtoons. Um, how much time do you put into these? And as far as the material goes, I mean, uh, I assume the jokes, uh, they're coming out of your head. Yeah. Um, the jokes, they just fall out of me. Um, gosh, if I would guess at this point, it takes me about 20 minutes to make one of those pages. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Thank you. But that's not me at the top of my game though. Um, if you really want to see like uh, how well I can collaborate with others, how well I can draw, check out My Big Break by Philip Haldeman. That's me like drawing, drawing for real. <laughs> right. And that, that, that definitely pushes me to my limit. And if it wasn't for Kyle Bennett inking and coloring, it would not look half as good as it does. But ah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. So what is the uh, future for Fred after this Kickstarter? Do you think that there might be another one? Should this one take off? And um, Well, know, obviously you could produce more because it would, you know, more of yeah. this one and just throw it up on uh, Amazon or something. Yeah, yeah, I will definitely do that. I'll def it'll definitely be an uh, e-book for sure. Um, I'm also looking at uh, uploading it onto Gumroad as a PDF as well. Um, I know people have moved some of their stuff to Gumroad just because 
I don't know what it was that made people not like Amazon. So I'll have both Amazon and Gumroad for Fred. Oh, cool. No matter how the uh, Kickstarter goes, it'll still be an ebook. Right. Well, that's kind of fascinating. So if people want to know more about, um, learn more about Fred, as you said, that's Webtoons. Uh, So um, how can they find uh, all things Fred the Mustard Packet? And Tommy Cannon. And well, well, I want to get to that next. Oh, sorry. First, let, let, you know, we're talking about Fred. Let's do Fred. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Fred. How can all they, right? How look can, up yeah. uh, Fred the Mustard Packet on webtoons.com. Okay. And just search for Fred the Mustard Packet, or for me, Tommy Cannon, and it'll come right up. Oh, you also find Cross Guardian, a superhero short story I did. <laughs> hey, if you want to see me try to draw a superhero, look at that. Cross Guardian. The Cross Guardian. The He's cross a superpowered cross guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah He's the derpy kinda... superheroes. Yeah. Okay, okay. I kind of <laughs> thought that's where it was. Oh going. yeah, that's right. He is one of the derpy superheroes too. Um, you could also oh, look at FredTheMustardPacket.blogspot.com. Okay. I blog then. about Fred there. So now, if they want to learn more about you, because obviously you've got a life outside of just Fred the Mustard Packet, as we said. I mean, you've you've uh, you're also a stand-up comic, so. How can people learn more about you and what you're doing? Okay. Um, I am on Twitter at Tommy Cannon. And I'm on Instagram at Tommy T-Shirt Cannon. Mm-hmm. And you can find me there. Wow. And uh, yeah, I beat the famous Tommy Cannon in England to Twitter. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have Tommy good. Cannon. And you've He's also the got Tommy Cannon. You've also got Fred the Mustard. Oh, yeah, I got yeah. Fred the Mustard. Yep. I couldn't fit Packet in there. PKT. But I've got Fred the Mustard on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, this has been really fun. I, I think you should have Mario the Marinara Tub. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Sarah the Salsa. There we Sarah go. Sarah the oh, Salsa. God. I love it. I mean, we could be let's, doing let's this for stop, another stop show, now. please. <laughs> A whole show of Vincent friends. Woody the Relish. (laughs) All right. Well, Tommy, thank you so much for being on the show this time. Everybody support independent creators. It's always worth it. Hashtag support indie creators. Thank you very much. Two gay geeks. Hey, it's Brian Augustin. Some people say I'm a comic book legend, and who am I to argue? You're listening to Two Gay Geeks, and I don't exactly know why, but have fun. Here are a few selected birthdays for June 4th through June 10th, 2018. June 4th, Rosalind Russell. Auntie Mae. Everybody needs an Auntie Mae. Absolutely. And Keith David. June 5th, Kathleen Kennedy, who uh, is the producer of Star Wars. and President of Lucasfilm, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly, and was... <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Steven Spielberg's right hand lady. For quite some time, yes. For quite some time, yeah. Also on June 5th, Bruce Lee. Yeah. And Tim Calloway. Vegas voice actor. voice actor. Yeah. And good friend of yours for a very long time. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, going back since 1975. Yeah. And our neighbor, Ramon Quintana. Happy birthday, Ramon. And Joe Boudry from Phoenix Fan Fusion. June 6th, Jason Isaacs, Robert England, Harvey, 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 Harvey
that hurt my throat. Yeah, I'm sure it did. <laughs> and Aram Kachaturian. Aram Kachaturian wrote the Saber Dance uh-huh. and also the uh, Adagio that is used in 2001. Ah. That, uh, where they're on the, on the, the discovery. Di- this discovery, exactly. June 7th, Tom Jones. What's new, Pussycat? What's cat? new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And Liam Neeson and Prince and Carl Urban. Also on June 7th, Sherry McDowell from Origin Beyond the Impact. June 8th, Robert Preston, Nancy Sinatra. These boots are made for walking. I actually like uh, Mrs. Miller's rendition better. Uh, I, I couldn't even begin to do that because she, she manages to shift that into a whole upbeat kind of thing. But anyway, happy birthday, Nancy. Yes, and Colin Baker, Frank Lloyd Wright, who uh, is a famed architect and also has Taliesin West here in oh, if you ever, if Upper you ever, yeah, Scottsdale. Uh, North yeah. Scottsdale. If you ever make it to North Scottsdale, go to Taliesin West. It's open uh, for tours. Yeah. And it is amazing. Yeah, I told i don't know if i've told this story or not but when i was a kid my dad was uh, he had gone to be uh, taken some architect classes shall mm-hmm. we say and and dev- designed a couple of houses in our little hometown but uh, i was kind of you know five four or five something like that mm-hmm. and i drew this thing and it was a, a big round house and he said and i never realized until i was an adult what he was actually saying is, oh, it looks like Frank Lloyd Wright house. Ah, <laughs> so it was the round house. Very impressive. And, anyway, yeah, and I, I think I have still have that drawing somewhere. Really? After all these years? In a box somewhere. Anyway, also on June 8th, Robert Robinson Taylor, who was another architect, an uh, architect of color, a man of color. He was ah. the first a uh, man of color to be admitted to MIT. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so an architect in his own right. And June 9th, Les Paul, Cole Porter, James Newton Howard, and Danny Roberts Happy from Cottonwood. Birthday, Danny. Happy birthday, Danny. June 10th is Judy Garland and our friend Barbara Dillon from Fanbase Press. Well, you got to see last week, yeah, and I missed her. I'm sorry. We, I, we were going to go by, and I just, uh, we were... We had other people with us, so we forgot to go out back of sight, by. out of mind. <laughs> yep, and that's it for the birthdays this time. Hi, this is Barbara Dillon, one of the co-hosts of Fanbase Press's flagship podcast, The Fanbase Weekly. During the Fanbase Weekly podcast, the co-hosts and I discuss the top geek news stories of the week. In each episode, we are joined by special guests from all across the pop culture spectrum to get their take on what's happening in geekdom. Past guests have included Jeffrey Thorne, writer of Leverage and the Librarians, DC All Access's Jason Inman, Debbie Lynn Smith of Chimera Press, Xena Warrior Princess executive producer Stephen L. Sears, Ashley V. Robinson of Geek History Lessons, and many, many more. Join us for an episode of the podcast that celebrates fandoms on a weekly basis. A new episode of the Fanbase Weekly is released every Monday. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or look for the podcast at fanbasepress.com.
Go give a listen to our friends Barbara and Bryant Dillon. And I put that in there because it's Barbara's birthday. Of course. How about that? Or, well, at the end of the week. So tell us, you know, go listen to them over at Fanbase Press or Fanbase Weekly. There we go. My gosh. Where am I? Phoenix? <laughs> and what are we doing now? We're dancing. Well, I got a little bit of feedback right here, and starting off, uh, we had a review for the Third Child of Atlantis book titled Catalyst, and I got a comment from Carol Chernich, and she says, I love reading and hearing about Atlantis and Lumeria. Well, Carol, if you do get these books, they are tons of fun. Yeah, and Carol is my cousin. Right. My mother's cousin, second second cousin, my second cousin. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, And then moving right along, uh, contributor Andrea Richoff did a review for the movie on Chesil Beach. And we got a comment from Hamish Down. He says, it looks beautiful at least. And then moving forward to uh, a news sushi, morsels of news from Japan and beyond, issue number 12, specifically about a UK artist named Garth Getrix. Garth himself writes, Oh, Hamish Downey, that's very nice of you. Thank you. And Hamish responded with, You are very welcome. Hopefully your work will be exhibited in Arizona in no time. Yeah, well, that could be fun. I would like to see it. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at some of it on Twitter. It's actually uh, not, not bad at all. Very interesting. And then uh, we also recently ran a three-episode thoughts of the CBS series Elementary and got some comments there, starting with Jeannie Koch. She says, I'm not reading the review because I adore this show and I'm saving it for a binge. Well, uh-huh. very nice. Very nice, Jeannie. And then uh, David Lowe on Twitter Writes, thanks for this look at the current season of Elementary, one of my favorite shows. And then uh, Barb Spitz on Twitter writes, hashtag best show ever. Uh-huh. Well, I'm, you're not going to really get much argument. For, you know, is that, I think that's the only network show we're still watching now. Uh, I think so. I think it is. <laughs> um, and then lastly, we ran an article about Phoenix about. Com- about Phoenix Comic Fest and how it is to be renamed Phoenix Fan Fusion for the year 2019. And got a comment from Hamish, and he says, Fan Fusion? It's an odd choice at first, but as there is more than just comic books, I guess it is a fusion of fans. And that's kind of what they were going for. Yeah, that's kind uh, of what they were aiming for. And that is our feedback for this week. And we want everybody to know that you can comment. You can give us feedback on any of the places that you find us, whether that is on Facebook, on any of the articles that we run, on our uh, website, tggeeks.com, on Twitter, on any place that you find us. You can comment, comment on each episode that we run for the webcast or any article that we run. We've got the comments open on all pages so please do that, and if you do decide to comment, please play nice. We don't want to have to edit your comment no. or delete your comment. So uh, we just, just ask that you play nice. And if you want to, you could even call us on, on our listener line and give us some voice feedback, and we'll play that on air. You can call us at 469-TG-Geeks. That's 469-844-3357. Yeah, baby! They're like two gay geeks. They're together, you know. They're two gay guys and they're geeks. Is that okay?
I'm going to wait until you're done. I'm done. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, I saw, you, <laughs> saw that hand go over that mixer. I was like, oh, man, do I have to stop again? <laughs> no. Anyway, um, there's a little bit of controversy about a movie that just recently came out, and that is Solo, A Star Wars Story. Yeah. Now, this is now... Uh, Andrea, she we got we got to send her to a press screening, and she she wrote a review. She was um she she was not as favorable about it as we were. I, we saw it on a Thursday night, and I our our review came out for that the very next Friday, uh, so that'd be last week. And uh, you and I, we really enjoyed it. I yeah, we saw it again. Uh, saw it again just a couple of nights yeah, ago. Yeah, after as of this recording. Yeah. And, and yet, this holds movie, up. I think this movie holds up really well. Well, one of the things that, you know, that I said after the film, and we're seeing it the second time, is that there, there's some really cool, that, that's a, that was really cool moments, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there, as a whole, the story is a little, uh, I, I guess a little flat, but there, there's some really good, uh, fill in the blanks, shall we say, mm-hmm. in Solo's or Han Solo's uh, background, and and some interesting things on why his character does what he does. Right. I mean, and and I have absolutely no problem overlooking any. And you're right. I mean, the movie's very uneven. Yeah. Um. But, you and, know, and I have no once problem. Again. <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't have a problem overlooking that because this movie had to face something that no movie should have to face, and it's making, and that is. 70 to 80% of the film had to be reshot yeah. by Ron Howard in the like the last 8 months of it. Right. And, you know, and the movie had a hard deadline. Yep. There was a release date. Now maybe they fudged the release date by a week or two here and there. But it's not like okay, we're just going to, you know, we're going to push this thing back 6 months. It, right. There wasn't any of that. And and I think the reason for that is Disney desperately wanted to see if they could do two Star Wars movies a year. <sighs> That's a lot. Well, that is a but lot. Marvel is doing it. Well, that's true, but they're they were geared up for that. True. I mean that that was kind of their their whole thing to begin with. So trying to do this, it it kind of you know I I don't know why they lost control of it uh, and let it go on so long. That that's kind of the the question. You mean Star Wars? Yeah. Uh, I, I, that, I, I honestly cannot answer, uh, that one. Um, what I, all I know is I'm looking right now at a, uh, a news article about the box office for this one and the current weekend, uh, and this is, uh, as of 16 minutes ago from this recording, the current weekend estimate of us ticket sales, 29.3 million. I mean, this wow. is a huge drop. Yeah, massive, massive drop. And there was some hope th- uh, from Disney that maybe the movie, based on word of mouth, would actually kind of see a, a a pickup for for this uh, this this last week that they would see an increase. And no, this is a massive drop. And I can't help but wonder if the if if this isn't going to st- uh, cause Lucasfilm and Disney to maybe rethink their entire strategy. Uh, you know, and the the problem. Well, I hate to say this, but I think one of the one of the things that I keep seeing from people is that there's a lot of Last Jedi hangover. Well, that's possibly true. 
I don't know if that's the case. I mean, I've made no secret of the fact that I found to be, I found The Last Jedi to be one intensely disappointing film. I mean, I didn't hate it. I was just thoroughly disappointed by it. And yet, I would have hoped also that people would, you know, especially Star Wars fans would take a look at this and say, okay, this is not a major arc. This is something that is completely, you know, it, it is, it's an, it's an offshoot. Rogue One was a big hit. Right. I liked. Oh, I, I, I loved, loved Rogue One. I mean, that is, to me, Rogue One is just one of the finest movies I've seen in a very, very long time. So I would hope that people would have thought, okay, A, this is another offshoot. This is not part of the arc. Right. It, you know, this this isn't J.J. Abrams doing it. It isn't Ryan Johnson doing it. Right. You know, Ron Howard is doing it. The well, guy who brought us Apollo 13. Ron, Ron the guy Howard who, is now doing it. Yeah, now doing <laughs> it. You know, he he, he picked up the reins. Uh, the guy who got brought us Willow, I mean... He's an Academy Award winning film director. Yep. You would have I, I would have hoped that people would take you know take a step back and objectively look at this and say, eh, maybe we want to take a second, you know, we'll give this a try. I know that a lot of people didn't like the the lead actor who was playing Han in the initial trailers. Yeah. I sometimes at the very beginning of the film, I I was kind of like, oh my God. Because he's just a little stiff at the very beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. But he, I warmed up to him. You know. Well, the thing that I that I don't know if a lot of people realize is that when the movie was being directed by the first pair of directors before Ron took it over, uh, they were going for a largely improv kind of um, acting. Yeah, interesting. And, you know, it, it was not hard script and hard directing kind of thing. So if that's the case, then it's very possible. And, and I, maybe they were trying to play off the idea that Han has got this really spontaneous nature about him. Well, then they needed to write spontaneous dialogue for him. <laughs> you know, I got to think about that. I mean, well, but, you know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. You know, bright, uh, bright dialogue that comes off as spontaneous. And I think exactly. that's what it finally came, came out as, uh, but unfortunately that's not how it started. And as a result, you know, the poor lead actor, I mean, he comes off really weird. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I could see how, Maybe the initial trailers. A lot of people thought, okay, this guy's not going to really work it. But as the as we started getting close to release date, I mean, we, uh, somebody that we've interviewed in the past, Mark Ross, who lives in Vegas. I mean, he and I communicate quite frequently, and he went off to say that he thought the trailers were terrible in the beginning. But right as we were approaching release date, he thought, you know, maybe I could be wrong about this. And and he and I have talked since then, and he actually liked it. Hmm. He he found the movie to be rather enjoyable, not as not as much as I did, right? But he did enjoy it much more than he originally thought, right? And and I I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. I I went in with a a sense of trepidation and was not. I was not trying to hold my breath, but I was holding my breath. Mm-hmm. You know that it was going to be good, and I. All in all, I I liked the film. I mean it. I guess going in with that lowered expectation certainly helped. And that always does help. And yes. I think that people that have gone in with higher expectations maybe are disappointed. And, it, and that may be what's playing into this. Well, that might have been why I was so bummed out by Force Awakens and Last Jedi, because I went in with some pretty high expectations. Exactly. And, yeah, so maybe that's the trick is, you know, go into the go into the theater expecting it to be another bomb and then come out surprised. Uh, and I'll admit, I, I, I hate mean, to do that, though. I know. that's not, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't like to do it either. 
Um, but I would encourage people, you know, if you haven't seen this movie, go check it out. There is a lot of fantastic universe building that is taking place here. As you said, it really does a great job at filling in the blanks. Yeah. I mean, the introduction to Chewbacca is just oh my. fabulous. I think that is just incredible. It's yeah. it's enjoyable. And and Donald and, Glover as oh my La- God. as Lando Calrissian. Lando. I mean, Lando, yeah, Lando, yeah, <laughs> Lando, Han, Han. There we go. <laughs> yeah, obviously there's a joke there. Ha. Han. Um, yeah, ha, ha, ha. Han. Uh, Lando. Han, Han, when we, Yeah, okay, I'm stopping. Um, the very first time we see Lando at a Sabacc game, it's like, you, you, you think you're hearing Billy D. Williams. Exactly. I mean, they nailed this. There are so many fine details. It's it's I think this movie's more about the Easter eggs. Yeah, it is. Really? I think so. <laughs> uh which make and that well, alone makes the movie a ton of fun. Absolutely, especially if you are a diehard original saga. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, it was interesting the way they used the music in yes. this. We we talked about that uh during and after the film uh the second time. Uh, and I noticed the first time there's certain moments that they call back to New Hope and Empire uh, Empire with some of the musical cues. They're a little different, but slightly, yeah. But they are musical. But they're, but they're cues. callbacks nonetheless. I yeah. mean, uh, there's there's a really beautiful moment of uh, imperial music being played at an imperial recruiting station. Yeah. And, but it's the it's like the imperial theme done in a major key or something like that. I mean, yeah. it's just it's ridiculous. But yeah, and and I was talking to somebody else on Facebook earlier today, and I, it occurred to me, again, I think it's because they had to reshoot 70 to 80% of this movie that maybe it was necessary for the composer to actually call more of John Williams' original score. I, I think it was brilliant. I, I it read an worked art- really well. I and- read an article about Hans Dice, and every, oh, really? every time you hear or see the Dice, the Force theme is playing. Huh. It was a whole article about I gotta check chan- that out now. Chance and you know the force and the you know all of that kind of stuff combined. Yeah, and I will say that the music, the the, the composer who did the original music, and I can't, I, I want to say John Howard, but I'm not sure. Um, he he was actually quite clever in that some of what he does is some really good foreshadowing. I remember the first time we saw um, uh, Solo. There's a moment where. Our little pirate gang, they're being attacked by uh, by some other pirates, some raiders. And the music was a rather interesting selection. But as the, mu- as the movie then unfolds later on, you begin to realize that in a ra- in rather Wagnerian style, huh. our composer is actually trying to telegraph something to the audience. Right. So, uh, in fact, not only is this a movie that I think is, re- is worth viewing, it is worth viewing more than once. Yeah, just to catch the, the little things. Yeah. So and that, that's why I, mean, I yeah, wanted to go back I mean, and see it again. Yeah, I, I'm very disappointed that the movie is not doing better. I think it should. People really need to check this out. Maybe it'll do better in, uh, for home release, but I'm uh, I kind of think that maybe maybe this will force Disney to take a, a second force? look at. Pardon? Force. For, yeah. Right. Um. This this will yeah force the force <laughs> of Disney. The force of Disney. The <laughs> yes. force of the mouse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- this will force the mouse. 
to actually take a second look at how these movies are being done because if if the if these uh these offshoot films are being made to suffer because of the way the arc films are being done then maybe they need to rethink how the arc films are being done in any case disney's got a lot of thinking and a lot of strategizing that they've got to do uh about how they want to handle these star wars movies in the future yeah and that's it for that and uh let's see we got this now And that's our weekly review. Oh For my! Those that listen to me. only listen to the podcast or the webcast, we do have a website where we run all sorts of interesting content and some of the things that. We, that we have uh, for this week were Spotlight Sunday last Sunday was, uh, what did we do for Spotlight Sunday last Sunday? Oh, oh was, Spotlight uh, Sunday last Sunday. Oh, we didn't do a Spotlight Sunday. We didn't Sunday. do one last Sunday. Yeah, we ran the press release for yeah. um, uh, Fan Fusion, Phoenix right. Fan Fusion. So, okay, so uh, starting back with last um, Sunday, yeah, again, you said there was there was absolutely no... No Spotlight Sunday, so that jumps us to Monday, where we had TG Geeks episode 171. That was our wrap-up of Phoenix Comic Fest for 2018. And then on Tuesday, uh, did a little article. This was... um, this is written by Jeannie. It's one of her it's one of her reprints. Yeah, from, it's, it's a reprint. Uh, musings of a a funny girl, uh, right? And yeah. it's Jeannie. You used to be cool. It's actually really cute about how when she first got a publishing deal, I would recommend it. It it made me laugh. It was quite funny about her desires to have a fridge. So, and then moving forward, uh, we have Flash Gordon, which uh, is a review of a old classic, newly reviewed. And then on May 31st, there was a season wrap on Lucifer and its future. And then on May the 31st, there was an article, a press release on the LGBTQ-focused streaming service Reverie, how it's launching uh, on Zumo. And Zumo. And then we had on Friday another new sushi, Morsels of News from Japan and Beyond, issue number 13. And then... On our social Saturday, we had an art. You heard from Tommy Cannon earlier. He heard him talk about his puppetry. And this was about a studio called Puppet Pie. And that is our uh, spotlights for this last week. Yeah, and you can find all these at tggeeks.com as well as entries on our Facebook page. Please visit the website and comment as you feel necessary. And we always have our follow-up items. Check out the calendar on the website. We've got a few things on there. There are several new books available for pre-order. And Beth Cato's Roar of Sky and the third book uh, in the Blood of Earth series. And The Last Sun by Katie Edwards, his first novel. And check out the widgets on the right-hand side of the page. Check out the Kickstarter for Mighty Aphrodite, the brainchild of Gene Turnbow of Krypton Radio. It's MightyAphroditeWebSeries.com. We'll have an interview with him soon. And the Kickstarter for Fred the Mustard Packet mm-hmm. is... At Kickstarter.com slash project slash Tommy Cannon AZ slash Fred dash the dash mustard dash packet dash does dash the Thank dash. Thank you. Yeah. Stop. My lord, that 
go to Kickstarter and look up Fred look the Mustard Packet. Look up Fred packets. the Mustard Packet. <laughs> You'll find it from Kickstarter. Or go to Google and kick, do Fred the Mustard Packet. And it's yeah, there's a lot of dashes. Fred the Mustard Packet does the Scottish URLs. Yeah. Arizona Opera's finished its season, but they have a great season coming up in October. Go to azopera.org. We are huge supporters of independent creators, as you've seen by Fred the Mustard Packet and Mighty Aphrodite. Whether they're filmmakers, comic book artists, writers, or others, please support them, buy their stuff, support their Kickstarters, etc. Special shout out to Doctor Who Talking Who on Twitter, Michael C. Burgess on Twitter, Human Arkle on Twitter. Their addresses are at Talking Who, at Byronic, at Arkle. Doctor Who Talking Who has a Doctor Who Fancast Guide. At Byronic has Byronic's Semidernal Aggregator. At Arkle has the Arkle Times Post-Dispatch News. They all have paper lease, which we publish our content, and we say thank you to each and every one of them. Yes. We'll have the links for them in our show notes. And, of course, Arkle has his presence on Tumblr. It's the incorrect Star Trek Voyager quotes. We'll have that link as well. And a special shout-out to the Facebook group, The Gate Geek, for allowing us to post our episodes on their page. It's a great page. If you want to see it, you'll need to sign up, but... As long as you play nice, they will approve you regardless of what walk of life you come from. Exactly. Special shout out to their moderator, Jeremiah Reeves. He's the one who gave us his blessings to share our content there. And the URL is facebook.com slash groups slash the gay geek. Thanks, Jeremiah. And we want to remind you to occasionally click on our Amazon ads, especially those pre-orders over there. It uh, it helps the authors and helps everybody that we have uh, a link to. And lastly, check us out on iHeartRadio and rate us and re review us on iTunes and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Up next week, we are going to have an interview with Katie Edwards of The Last Sun, ah, or a follow-up to that. Follow-up interview. Our, yeah, because uh, next week's about to come out. Exactly. So we're going to do that, and we'll talk to him next time. Okay, that should do it for this episode of TG Geeks Webcast. Be sure to check out the article for the webcast episode. We're going to have several links on the page of things we talked about and all of this other stuff. And remember, you can comment on our Facebook page or our website, tggeeks.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. From TG Squared Studios, I'm Keith Lane. Thanks for listening. I bid you peace. Cheers. 